It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you'll not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm thrilled to be joined by Elena Whistler, Senior Vice President of Sales and Relationship Management at The Clearing House. And I know Elena... Again, as the senior vice president is responsible for customer relationships, sales, and, and marketing teams. And uh, we're going to talk all about the important work of the clearinghouse. Elena, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, you know, let's start with a big question up front. Tell us about yourself and the clearinghouse. What is it that you guys do? Yeah, great question. Um, it's kind of one of the hidden gems sometimes in, in banking and payments. So the clearinghouse is a U.S.-based payments operation company. We actually were founded about 170 years ago. And what we do is we clear and settle um, ACH transactions, wire transactions, check images, and real-time payments. We process um, more than $2 trillion a day. So just to give a sense of kind of the money that flows through our networks. And what we really do is we have a long track record of providing secure and reliable payment systems innovation. Uh, We focus a lot on strategic thought leadership for financial institutions here in the US. And then we collaborate a lot and work with industry regulators and associations to facilitate that dialogue, right? To, To move forward in the industry that we have today. So that's a little bit about the clearinghouse. And then I, um, as you mentioned, I, I look after our customers um, and uh, prospects as well as marketing, and we reach out to them, make sure that they um, have what they need from a U.S. payment system and network, and we look to evolve and grow that customer engagement going forward. Wow, amazing. It's not often that you hear the words innovation and 170 years old in the same conversation. <laughs> That's, right. That's a staggering, uh, a couple of staggering numbers over there. 170 year old uh, company. Uh, that's processing, like you said, more than $2 trillion with a T dollars each day through wire ACH check image and real-time payments through the RTP network. And that's the term I want to follow up on over here. Mm-hmm. What is the RTP network and how is it different from ACH, which some of our listeners are a little bit more familiar with? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, so we launched the RTP network four years ago, actually, this week. So it's, it's perfect timing. Um, or five years ago, sorry. And it is um, the newest payment system that provides instant clearing and settlement. So the fundamental difference that we look at is is a couple fold. One is these are individual messages that go through the network immediately. So think about you and I paying each other or small businesses receiving funds, right? Receiving their invoices or paying their invoices um, or paying their staff. Um, That can happen in real time. So instant payment, instant confirmation. Um, and the money moves between all parties instantly. So between the individuals or businesses and the financial institutions. 
Um, in ACH, that is usually it is a, a, a lag in terms of when the money moves and when it settles, which means when it's available to the individuals and the businesses. And that's on purpose because they're scheduled payments or they are meant for a particular point in time. So when you send your funds and you receive it tomorrow, that's perfectly fine because that's the expectation um, amongst the parties. And so that, you know, when I look at the difference, it's talking about immediate confirmation and it's talking about immediate settlement between all parties in the flow. Sure. And specifically, I'm really, really fascinated again by RTP and its benefits specifically for the small business community, for entrepreneurs, you know, folks that are trying to grow their business, trying to improve their their teams. And I know that you and your uh, and your team over at the Clearinghouse, you're very focused on another acronym, which we'll throw into this conversation, which is EWA, Earned mm-hmm. Wage Access. So what is it that is sort of really important that small business owners tuning in to get down to business need to know about EWA? And how is it how can it help with their organizations? Yep. Yeah, those are two great questions, and I'll kind of attack them from two different sides. So what we've seen on the RGP network is a, a growth related to how people get paid. So instant payroll, EWA, as you mentioned, earned wage access. This is to make funds, you know, your wages available to your employees um, as they have earned them. Um, and, and so, but offer that in a flexible and different way. So as they might need it. So small businesses might want to attract multiple levels of talent, multiple levels of employees. And this is a new way to attract that talent without necessarily having to fight just on um, your salary, right? So it's a benefit to the employee to receive their funds more often. So instead of the traditional, you know, every other week cycle or, or weekly cycle, it can be drawn down, for example, uh, when the the employee might need it on a daily basis or hourly basis or after certain activity is done. So after, you know, we typically have the example on the RTP network, we have a lot of um, car, you know, rideshare apps that use it. Um, And so drivers sometimes like to use it after a ride to pay for their gas. Small businesses can offer the same um, experience. So after maybe a deal gets done or after um, you know, certain activities get accomplished, they can then pay out to their employees based upon that. And so there's an immediate reward, right, to, to the activities that are being done. And that's just, we think it's a value add to the businesses as a way to differentiate themselves in a market that, you know, we're, we're fighting for talent every day. Um, and then uh, on the flip side, what I'd say for small businesses that we've seen uh, tremendous empowerment, I'll call it, um, is with the cash flow. So cash flow visibility and cash flow forecasting. There's a lot of um, activities that small businesses need to do. And usually payments is the least favorite, right? They, they need to get paid and they want to pay on time, but they, it, it's a, it's a struggle in my, at least in my experience, um, to figure out when is cash coming in in order to do certain activities. And so the RGP network has a level of certainty because of that confirmation that, you know, if I'm paying out today, it's withdrawn today, it's going to get posted. I can close an invoice, right? Or the same on the receivable side. So it's just a different way to manage your, your cash flow um, for small businesses, particularly ones that are growing um, and need kind of that visibility more and more. 
Wow. Again, I'm chatting with Elena Whistler, Senior Vice President of Sales and Relationship Management at The Clearinghouse, again, a U.S.-based payment operations company founded 170 years ago that clears and settles more than $2 trillion each day through wire, ACH, check image, and real-time payments through the RTP network. We've already been chatting a little bit about the RTP network. We've been chatting a little bit about the benefits to small business. And you know, as we come to a conclusion in our conversation, you mentioned a few minutes ago, Elena, that uh, that this month is officially marking the five-year anniversary of that RTP network. So I'm curious what you've learned uh, over these five years and what can we expect in the next five years at The Clearinghouse? Yeah, great, great question. So first, I will plug our, our website, theclearinghouse.org. I think it's a great resource for seeing a little bit of this, what I'm going to talk about the last five years, the next five years. Um, and, and so that's the clearinghouse.org. The, what we've actually seen the lessons learned is what we built the RTP network for to help innovate pay how payments were done, thinking about, um, we weren't thinking about payroll, I, I will say that. And so what's been fascinating to us is seeing how the evolution of on-demand payroll and earned wage access has really, um, accelerated it is now 20 percent of the rtp network volume and it's and it continues to grow alongside the rtp network so there's always use cases and scenarios in which uh, businesses and individuals do new things um, with the payment numbers that we're super excited about so you never know what you're going to get it's, it's kind of our motto and we're thrilled to have the the networks that are safe and secure and allow that innovation to happen and then the next five years, you know, we are really focusing on layering um, safety and security and ease of access. So we're looking at how can businesses and individuals use um, their financial institutions, so banks and credit unions, to transact more, to move money more. What does that take? Well, that might take masking the account number, right? So we call it tokenization. But you're masking the account number in order for businesses to feel more comfortable giving out their account numbers. Um, or individuals to do that. And so that's just one example of we're looking at how do we layer on that safety? How do we layer on um, adding um, the ability for documents to be exchanged to information? So that's just a little tidbit. That's great. Well, I'm looking forward to following um, everything at the Clearinghouse and definitely staying in contact and bringing you back on real soon. So that's a good segue again for you to share that website one more time. Yeah, it is the clearinghouse.org. At clearinghouse.org. Well, thanks so much, uh, Elena Whistler. Appreciate you joining us here on Get Down to Business. We look forward to having you back on. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can find all of our shows from the past nine plus years, as well as, as, well as get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship at shalomkline.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Dave Unsworth, the general partner and co-founder of Information Venture Partners. And Dave, I know, is a co-founder, general partner of the organization. Over the past 20 years, Dave has led direct investments in a broad range of successful enterprise, uh, fintech, security, and mobile ventures. He's involved in a lot of different boards and certainly involved in uh, a lot of leadership uh, roles in, in developing uh, fintech funding. So Dave, it's a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the program. Shalom, thanks for having me today, I appreciate it. Absolutely, if you don't mind, I'd always love to get started by getting to know the person behind the microphone. Can you introduce yourself and describe your role with Information Venture Partners? 
Sure. Uh, Dave Unsworth, I'm a co-founder and general partner with the fund. Um, you know, from a career perspective, I, I've spent the last 21 plus years now in venture capital, both managing corporate venture capital funds for a large Canadian bank before becoming an independent franchise information venture partners in 2014. Um, prior to venture capital, I had an operating uh, career within financial services, both in retail and commercial banking and building out the first iterations of digital banking. So I think that background coupled with, you know, the financial services backgrounds of our teams have, have made us, I think, a, a very good fintech investor platform to go execute against our strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, fascinating. And I'm looking forward to sending our listeners over to your site where they can learn a lot more. But let's get a little bit deeper into the weeds of information venture partners. Um, so what is that investment thesis uh, of information VP? And, you know, with all of the uh, all of the firms that are out there, how is it different from your competitors? Sure. Um, so we take a, a very much a B2B focus in what we do around fintech. So fintech has some pretty broad definitions, everything from consumer facing fintech all the way through to, you know, crypto and, and a bunch of other, um, uh, you know, payments uh, um, platforms. But we really focus on core financial applications that better enable large and even small, medium sized financial institutions to defend their franchises. So what do I mean by that? We will look at, um, you know, things that help with asset and liability management, capital markets platforms. We spent a lot of time in embedded FinTech and payments. And then a fair amount of what we do is also in governance, compliance and risk technologies and cybersecurity, financial services outside of, you know, the Fed are really the largest consumers of those kinds of technologies. And that's what we've built our investment thesis around. We are early revenue investors. So we like to be first institutional money in on core financial applications and, and have significant ownership in those companies. We do lead every deal that we do, co-lead at, at uh, you know, as a, as a second, and uh, we take board seats in every deal we do. So it's a very active program for an early stage venture fund. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, exciting to see all of this, uh, all of the development. And, you know, I can't believe we're having this conversation in the tail end of 2022, getting ready certainly for the, uh, for the upcoming uh, new year. Uh, I don't really want to think about it quite yet, but um, you know, we we actually have to. So, how do you see the funding landscape shaking out in the remainder of Q4? Do you expect a slowdown in fintech funding, smaller rounds? Tell us a little bit about your perspective. Yeah, you know, I, I suspect there will be. I think if you've watched what's been happening in fintech and the broader VC ecosystem, you know, generally you are seeing definitely a contraction in the number of deals getting done and, and the amount of money getting put to work. And, and to be honest, I think it's healthy. Um, you know, the last decade has seen everything do nothing but go up and to the right. And it's just, it, you know, the, I think the market got to a point where it couldn't take the frothiness anymore. Um, and so when you add that, plus some, you know, factors adjacent, at least to the fintech markets we invest in, like crypto volatility and this, and this week in particular with the demise of, of FTX, seeing some multiple compression and some write downs in the portfolio. So I think there's going to be a healthy shakeout of, of what's happening. All of that said, I remain very optimistic because some of our best companies were built out of the ashes of the previous financial crisis. And so I think it's times like this when entrepreneurs, you know, really start to think about good companies and, and build those companies in capital efficient ways, which usually leads to some great outcomes. 
Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So again, this space of fintech is something that a lot of people don't know about. They see it as a huge opportunity, um, but they, uh, they, they sort of want the easy win. I know your, uh, I use that term thesis, um, but I know your philosophy is that you need to be pretty cautious by before jumping into this sort of new space. Why, why Dave, do you believe that investors need to be cautious about jumping into fintech uh, by funding startups without a clear path to the market. Yeah, so I, I think it, I think it's just it's just prudent, right? I mean, if you if you don't have a clear path to market, you know, you, you're going to end up committing a mistake that entrepreneurs and VCs do. I mean, we take bets on markets early, and part of that bet is trying to figure out how long is it going to take for that market to evolve or that customer demand to evolve. And, and you can burn through a lot of capital waiting for a market to come at you. So if you don't have some early indications of product market fit, or at least some customers, particularly in financial services that are willing to either co-develop or pilot or, or partner with you on the development, you could be waiting around for a long time. Financial services already has, you know, notoriously long sales cycles. So in absence of some of that evidence, um, you know, it, it, can be a, it can be a long road uh, to, to figure out how to get to market. Very, very interesting. Okay, that's that's a good warning, uh, especially for those that have sort of that appetite for, for the new, uh, for the latest and greatest. So, you know, a lot of our listeners are small business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, what is sort of that one big takeaway that you want everybody sort of to be mindful of when we're talking about uh, fintech? Uh, that, uh, you know, in, in sort of making decisions, what's sort of your, your, your big takeaway in terms of the industry as a whole, specifically as it relates to small businesses? Yeah, so I think as, as it relates to small businesses, I mean, if you're going to go into a market and you're going to be either investor in or operator in fintech, I think particularly in the B2B space where I spend my time, you want to find people that have operating experience that have lived that problem that can either be on your advisory board or on your board of directors or as an investor or can help strengthen out, you know, and actually become part of your operating team. I, I think a lot of people get enamored by how much money's gone into fintech and the froth around it. But if you don't really understand the, the underlying problem set that you're trying to solve and how that, you know, how your solution resonates with customers, because you're not from this part of the industry, it's very important to align yourself with that kind of expertise. Um, I think, you know, if I had to leave with any other thoughts, it's just as, as challenging as sometimes might be right now in an inflationary environment and multiples pulling back is to not lose optimism or faith in, in this sector. I think we are still at the very early innings of a complete rewiring of the financial ecosystem. And if you think about, you know, the financial modernization that blockchain and crypto and other things can have as we go forward here, I think, I think we're, you know, you're at, a, you're at still an unprecedented time of innovation within financial services, and it's a great place to be. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So we're coming to a close in our conversation. This is a good opportunity for us to, again, go back to where we started about information venture partners. What is your uh, New Year's resolution for 2023? What's the big uh, development uh, that you're hoping to put into action? And what should our listeners be watching for when they go to your website, which, of course, we'll send our listeners to as well? Yeah, I think what you'll see is a, you know, a franchise of information venture partners continuing to grow and adding additional talent to the team. I mean, in the last, um, you know, since 2014, we've really gone, gone from three uh, individuals now to a team of 10 strong, and we're going to continue executing against that strategy that we have around core B2B fintech and helping 
these financial institutions navigate this very sort of uh, tricky but dynamic marketplace that is fintech. So you'll, I think you'll see more of the same, but on a grander scale. Okay. Well, I definitely want to get our listeners over to your website. So let's do that. How can we get in touch with you, Dave, uh, as well as Information Venture Partners? Sure. Um, so contact information is available on our website at informationvp.com. And I'm always receptive to DM from Twitter or LinkedIn or, or other avenues to get a hold of me. Well, Dave Unsworth, Information Venture Partners, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to jump on the program. I look forward to having you back on real soon because I know we're going to have a lot more conversations about uh, fintech. Uh, so again, thanks, Dave, for uh, for joining us for the program. Terrific. Shalom. Thanks so much. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So uh, I would love to get our listeners to, uh, to planning and getting ready uh, for uh, other topics in 2023, which include uh, health insurance and the affordable care. These are decisions that whether you're a business owner or a, uh, or uh, focusing on your family, you want to get in touch with Tom Mirabali, independent agent, uh, from healthplanchicago.com, healthplanchicago.com. You could also call 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477. And again, the website, healthplanchicago.com. Uh, we've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. But make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Again, you're listening to Get Down to Business, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Len Cavello, the CTO of Engage People, the only loyalty network that enables program members to pay with points directly at checkout. I've been fascinated by this line of work. And that's why I've been so excited to bring Len onto the program. Len, welcome to Get Down to Business. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Len, tell us about your career journey and how you ended up as the Chief Technology Officer at Engage People. Well, I think it's like anything else. It wasn't a straight line. Um, I started very young. So in my late teens was just really interested in the internet in general, um, building websites more for personal use. So I, I played in a rock band. Uh, thank God there's no footage of that. Um, we put up a, a quick website to do that. And then it slowly turned into a business just with some local you know, retailers looking for a web presence. Um, ended up that we were pretty good at this. And before you, you know it, we you know, started doing for larger clients um, in Canada and eventually moved into building web applications for the loyalty space. So we found a, a client in the loyalty space and at the time didn't know anything about loyalty, um, you know, kind of trial by fire became, I'll call us experts in the loyalty space uh, through technology and that morphed into what is now engaged. So, so definitely not a straight path was more uh, in the entertainment side of web application development. And then over the years, just started um, doing work for large financial institutions in Canada, and that's expanded globally. Um, and here we are. That's awesome. I'm chatting with Len Cavello, the Chief Technology Officer of Engage People. Again, the only loyalty network that enables program members to pay with points directly at checkout. I love it. And uh, Len, I love your background as well, uh, starting from tech company at the age of 18. So very briefly, um, I mean, I love to share stories with our listeners. Um, what you know, sort of how has that shaped your, your, what you do day to day? And if you could describe what a day to day at engaged people sort of looks like. 
Sure. So I, what it really helps with is, you know, the CTO role can have a few different forms depending on the type of organization. Um, Engage is really a forward-thinking technology company and very much so a creative solution provider. You know, technology is the medium that we use, but we, we simply put um, solve complex solutions for our clients. So day-to-day -day for me could be anything around solving those types of problems, whether it's talking directly to clients, new partners themselves, um, that we're adding to our network and then again technology is just our tool to do that so you know we could have calls talking to prospective clients that have raised issues they want to understand more about how our network can help them um, sometimes it's technology specific problems um, so you know geeking out a little bit on how to get response times very quickly if, if you think about what we're doing with allowing you to use those points at checkout that's obviously got to happen very fast so it can really be any of those things. And then probably the best part of the day is, is getting to work with the team themselves um, as we whiteboard solutions and, and bring things to market. You know, we're really fortunate to have some pretty amazing people at Engage. That's really been the strength and the growth of the organization. So I'm fortunate to, to be able to work with those guys day to day and solve those problems in a creative fashion. Absolutely. Fascinating. Okay. Very, very interesting. So, you know, we're, I can't believe I'm already chatting uh, about New Year's resolutions starting to plan out 2023. So Engage People, you guys have been all about innovation, and especially Len, you in your role, you're driving continued innovation in that loyalty sector, an area where I think that there's going to be continued sort of rapid, rapid changes. Um, so what, what are some of the things that we can and should look forward to in 2023 and the new year? I think you're going to see a, a lot more offers coming out from loyalty programs. Um, you know, loyalty status when you think of most programs. So, you know, you have your typical earn uh, based on your, your habits. But a, a big part of loyalty programs is that status you get after you've hit certain milestones. That's gone away through, through COVID. So people have, you know, their earning habits have changed, uh, you know, with travel pretty much shut down. So you're going to see a lot of innovation there. You're going to see offers come to the table that are that are really, really advantageous, I would say. And then because spend habits have changed for people in general, you're going to see a lot of partnerships. So loyalty used to be very close, that ecosystem. Um, you know, you dealt with one brand to, to manage your earn and to manage your spend. But I think a lot of people have become very confident in their offering and very confident in establishing partnerships. So look for those types of joint programs, you know, where, where you're using your phone to tap at a store to buy a coffee and all of a sudden you're earning, you know, whether it's miles or stays at a hotel and with that relationship. And then when you stay at that hotel, you got a free coffee closing that loop from where you originally earned those points. So I think, you know, those barriers are, are, are coming down and at 23, you'll see a lot of that. Fascinating. Absolutely. And this is truly inspirational for those that are starting businesses, hearing your story, 18 years old, man, that's uh, that's pretty cool stuff. And now watching the important work that you're doing. Uh, and I know that we're going to continue to follow your continued innovation, progress and uh, movement over at Engage People. Very, very cool. And I want to get all of our listeners in touch with you and all of our listeners involved in Engage People. How can we do that? So simplest way is visit our website, engagepeople.com. Um, here's some forms there to fill to get additional information. We're happy to share a, a lot of what we do. We're, we're very open on, on the problems we solve and the people we do that for. Um, and you can always catch me on social media. I, I do my best to, to share and to like and follow people. So you can find me on Twitter uh, at Al Cabello or on LinkedIn as well. And feel free to DM me and I'll definitely respond back. 
Fantastic. Len, really appreciate your expertise. Again, we've been chatting with Len Cavello, CTO of Engage People, uh, the only loyalty network that enables program members to pay with concern at checkout. I can't wait to have you back on real soon, Len. Appreciate you uh, coming on the air. Got to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business. The show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Go to my website, shalomkline.com, so you don't miss a single episode. We will be right back. Don't touch that dial. So excited for this conversation. You're listening to, the, to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Rashid Galadanshi, the CEO and co-founder of Driver Technologies, which is actually exactly as it sounds. It's an AI-based mobility tech company that delivers the products and services needed to keep everyone protected on the road. Rashid is the CEO, co-founder, and I am absolutely thrilled to have you on the program. Welcome to Get Down to Business. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Rashid, do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and Driver Technologies? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks again. Um, well, um, I'm Rashid, CEO, co-founder at Driver, uh, amazing co-founding team and an amazing team. Uh, started the company in 2018 because I was frankly just really passionate about car safety uh, and just driving safety generally. And was really excited by what was going on in the autonomous car space, you know, with Tesla and so many cars having these amazing uh, safety capabilities and, you know, intelligent driving capabilities. And at the same time, I looked out across the world <laughs> around me and I didn't actually see a lot of these. Uh, and I started to do a little research and saw that, you know, the average car in the U.S. is 12 and a half years old and that number is getting older. When you look at commercial vehicles, you know, they're very unlikely to be the, the Tesla truck, right, for your average, you know, plumbing or uh, contracting kind of business. And I just thought that's really unfair that only people who have a hundred grand to drop on a car can get access to this kind of safety, life-saving capability uh, and decide to try to do something about it. Cool, 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 cool. So again, we're chatting with the CEO, co-founder of Driver Technologies, um, which has a mobile app. It's called Driver, which transforms a, diver, a driver's, not a diver, a driver's phone into a dash cam, uh, which as uh, we, you just heard from Rashid, uh, designed to improve road safety. I hear the passion in your voice. So how does this dash cam app work and what features does it include? Yeah, absolutely. So it's super straightforward. Uh, instead of spending $100,000 on a new car, you go to the app store, either Android or iOS, uh, you type in dash cam or driver dash cam, or you go to our website, drivertechnologies.com. Uh, download the driver app and you just mount it in your car with a view of the road. Uh, you can drive along with it. It will record video outside of the vehicle and lo look at the road. And if it thinks you're going to hit a car, a pedestrian, a motorcycle, a bus, a truck, uh, it'll beep at you. Um, we just released a dry, drowsy and distracted capability. So if someone starts to fall asleep or is distracted at the wheel, it'll beep at them. Uh, and over half of all accidents are actually caused by drowsiness and distraction. Uh, if you don't feel like mounting the phone, you can leave it in your pocket and it'll still you know, create trips for you so that if you are in an accident, if you have the video on, that's the best. You can show your insurance company, your boss, the law enforcement. Hey, here's what happened. This guy's saying I tail, you know, uh, rear-ended him, but actually he cut in front of me and caused the accident. 
if you just have it in your pocket, at least you can say, hey, here's the speed I was going. Here's where I was. Uh, you know, uh, my story lines up with the data uh, where someone else's story might not. Uh, and of course, you know, the best accident is one that doesn't happen. So hopefully our safety capabilities can help prevent an accident in the first place. Yeah. I'm chatting with Rashid Gilladan. She's CEO and co-founder of Driver Technologies. Rashid, I hear the passion in your voice. Um, and it's been a couple of years, uh, four years to be precise, since you co-founded the company. Uh, did you ever imagine a million years that you'd be uh, the CEO of a dash cam uh, innovation? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I originally got went down the path of being uh, very interested in economic development and you know how finance can help uh, create jobs and, and opportunities, particularly in emerging markets. Um, but I was just really struck by this unbelievable health risk that was going on with driving. Uh, it's the top. It's the only top ten cause of death that isn't a disease. It's the only top 10 cause of death that isn't getting better. It isn't, you know, improving in terms of vaccines and, you know, access to healthcare and so forth. Uh, and it's also super unfair. If you have the money to buy a brand new Mercedes S-Class or a Tesla, you're all set. Uh, you can basically drive into a wall and walk away. Uh, but most people don't have access to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Urshid, you, you already mentioned a few minutes ago about insurance. Um, as well as law enforcement. Can you describe a couple of ways that you've been partnering with insurance fleet management solution companies in basically uh, using uh, driver technologies and uh, driver uh, to, uh, to, to help and save money? Yeah, absolutely. So we're doing a number of things on those fronts. Uh, on the insurance side, we have this thing called the driver score, uh, which is really used for coaching you on, you know, how do you be a safer, more energy efficient, you know, save money on gas uh, driver. And if you want to, we are starting to partner with insurance companies to let you share just that score with the insurance company to get a discount. And the reason that they're willing to give you a discount is that you can show them that, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're slightly better than me or slightly worse than me at driving. You're just showing that you're not a crazy person, right? That's all it takes to get a significant discount. Uh, and you can do it without sharing your location. So a lot of those, you know, traditional telematics tools from insurance companies, you know, their goal is to see that you're not a crazy driver, but the side effect is that they're tracking you everywhere you drive. So we would like to kind of do the thing that actually, again, Tesla does, where you can share your score uh, with an insurance company and get a discount instead of sharing your location. On the fleet side, uh, we've partnered with a number of platforms like Fleeter and Geotab, uh, which are you know great fleet management platforms, uh -huh. but which often require a hardware purchase if you want to do video with your fleet. And so we we provide a super low cost. Uh, oh, that's awesome, um, Rashid. I've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on Get Down yep. to Business. We're going to come right back and talk a little bit about some of the trends that we're seeing uh, in uh, dash cams, as well as, of course, send people over to your website. So don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and we will be right back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Hey, 
Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm continuing my conversation with Rashid Geladanche, CEO, co-founder of Driver Technologies, an AI-based mobility tech company that delivers the products and services needed to keep everyone protected on the road. Uh, we've been chatting about how it's not just about the information after the fact, but also about prevention through their mobile app, Driver, uh, which is turning a driver's phone into a dash cam and improving road safety and making mobility technology more accessible. Um, so we've been chatting a little bit about the uh, the relationships with insurance companies and law enforcement. But Rashid, what trends are you seeing among small fleet managers, owners, and fleet drivers who are implementing your technology? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. So I think uh, two things come up. One is around cost and one is around privacy. So on the cost side, I think we've seen increasingly that fleet managers understand the value of having telematics and video uh, in their vehicles. Uh, drivers see the value of that. And of course, insurers of these businesses see the value. It's very straightforward. Somebody sees that your van has a brand on it. And the minute that they get close enough to nick it or are in an unfortunate accident with it, they immediately see dollar signs because there's a business there. And they think, oh, okay, I can, I can get a bunch of money from this situation. And if you have video proving that it wasn't your fault, that can go a long way. Or that even if it was your fault, that you were being crazy and negligent, you know, leading to that accident. Uh, so the, unfortunately, a lot of the solutions for that are super expensive. You got to put a bunch of hardware in a bunch of vehicles, set it all up, pay a monthly maintenance fee, etc. Meanwhile, all these drivers have phones. They have iPads, iPhones, Android phones. Why isn't there just a software low-cost solution for all that? And that's what we provide. If drivers want a work phone, I think that's another trend that we're starting to see. Hey, I want my personal phone for me, and, but I'm excited about a work phone or a work iPad. Uh, we can help provide that too. And you, know, you can run a bunch of apps on there, including ours. And then from a privacy perspective, I think a lot of the traditional hardware out there uh, creates a feeling with the drivers of being tracked all the time, like a big brother type feeling I'm watching you know, all the time. And there are definitely scenarios where if someone's carrying, you know, nuclear material, uh, it probably makes sense to have three sets of eyes on that, on that vehicle, right? Make sure it's safe and gets to where it's headed. Uh, but there are also a ton of scenarios where that's total overkill and is going to hamper adoption with drivers and proper use of the product. So our product has all this flexibility around privacy. You could have a scenario easily with our, with the driver technologies product suite where I share my score with my insurance company. I share my, uh, you know, overall uh, driving like uh, kind of stats maybe with my boss, but not my location. And if I'm in an accident, we can all look at the video. And then with my family, I share my location, but not my video. Right. And these are all options at the same time. Sure. And we've got time only for one more question. And I'd love to give you the opportunity to share a good news story, a success that you may have heard from one of your, from one of your customers at Driver Technologies and how it's uh, improved safety. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a recent one is we did a pilot with a Domino's pizza franchise uh, in Vermont, uh, where the, you know, the drivers are in their teenage years, they're driving their own vehicles. They pushed back against having hardware tracking them all the time but they loved the idea of getting uh, an iPad that they could use for fun at, at home, go on the web, watch movies. Uh, but when they got in the car, they used our app. Their boss did not track them 24 seven and instead just saw you know, high level stats from the whole fleet. Oh, hey, everyone needs to work on hard braking or not speeding. Uh, 
and the and the, the drivers loved it. So uh, I want to get people over to your website so they can get in touch. Rashid, how can we do that? Yeah, please check out drivertechnologies.com. Uh, you can just Google driver and we're one of the first results, or you can go on the app store and search driver dash cam. Fantastic. Driver Technologies, Rashid, really appreciate you coming on and I look forward to following your exciting progress in the coming years. That's a wrap for us here on the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. As always, you get on my website, shalomkline.com. Be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Arabali from healthfundchicago.com. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on AM560, The Answer, with a lot more content and information that you won't want to miss. You're listening to Get Down to Business and to Success. Let's get down to business. We'll see you next Sunday.